0: my miners of intelligence it's inquisitive minds today I have a very special guest Eduardo Castilla Sanchez he is a PhD in electrical engineering at Oregon State University he's a pretty good friend of mine and uh, without further ado give it up
1: welcome to the show man thank you for having me Rick I'm very glad to have this conversation and um, you know we have a uh, we have a good time talking and, and having everyone you know see what we're we're going to figure out today. <laughs> we're going to figure out a lot. <laughs>
0: uh, we were just discussing there is a plane, a solar-powered pl- plane that just completed the first flight around the world. This thing has 17,000 solar cells and a wingspan that's greater than a seven, a Boeing 747. It is a massive wingspan and, and the craziest thing is it launches on two wheels and there is no, I mean how long do you think that
1: runway how long do you think? How much was the space? Well, that to was this bad boy. That was the first thing that we were trying to to figure out this uh, solar impulse too, which um, we were trying to figure out the way in which they do the takeoff, right? Because yeah. that's that's where, you know, all the planes that we see, um, they are a little bit more inefficient at takeoff. Then after that, they can just throttle down, and they will be more efficient to do the main segment of the flight and then landing. So yeah. But they were, you know, with that wingspan and you know just a couple of wheels, very, very little. Um, they were very gracefully. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> it
0: was more than like, like, I don't know, like forty yards that it took yeah. to take off. It was ridiculous, and it just sort of like almost hovered away. <laughs> I think you guys should definitely check this out because that's pretty fascinating. Um, one of the cool th- one of the cool things about you being um, an electrical engineer is just all the knowledge that. And all the knowledge you've acquired, and how exciting it must be to implement that in today's world, like especially with the emergence of solar power, like it's it's being taken more serious seriously. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um, so part of my research in power system protection and reliability, we look at energy, power, how to basically keep the lights on. Yeah. Um, and you know. When, when I was doing my PhD I did a minor in mathematics okay and um, I really like to look at what's what's the math behind everything that we do um, for for engineering so um, for energy it's fascinating because you know you, you sometimes you just launch those numbers and see, you know, what you can do. Um, and sometimes you can keep pushing those numbers.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. And you're, you're, you're measuring efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. Like especially with solar and, mm-hmm. and battery storage systems, it's mm-hmm. how efficient is the storage. And, and like an, exa- an example that you were giving me is in like a, a gas engine, a standard combustion engine,
1: what's, how much uh, energy are we retaining and how much is escaping? Well, you can do um, several, you know, internal combustion engines, you know, you can have efficiencies, um, you know, go 30, 40, 50 percent, and then if you look at individual solar cells, you can get very high efficiency, but the problem is when you need to integrate all of those systems into your home and the bulk power systems, right, so you're going to be losing efficiency in cycles of charge and discharge, and and conversion from AC to DC to AC, Uh, so there's several layers. And and then when you look back to back, um, you know, we like to think about energy as being kind of the holy grail of, of, you know, energy efficiency, because you have, you know, your demand goes up, and then if you have saved some energy, then you can use... That energy that you have stored, and then you know the demand goes down, and then you can go and recharge your batteries. It it works really well, and and the main issue that we're having to integrate very large scale is that when you need to figure out those control algorithms so that they are efficient, those extra layers that they're gonna be user friendly, yeah, um, and you know just try to put together several layers of um, you know to increase in size so that it's safe yeah and economical so that's doesn't that's, the, that's the, i think that's the next frontier right so yeah. i try to put increased capacity in a safe manner and also being reliable toward and friendly towards the user yeah and and i think vehicles are achieving that like tesla right yeah exactly um, they're making it friendly they're making it very friendly and they have I think
0: it's funny that an electrical car is one of the first with a self, it's, is able to self-drive. There's been photographs of people falling asleep and driving mm-hmm. to work in their Tesla. I think it was in Los Angeles. No, I think it was in San Francisco. I'm not sure, guys. Google that, because it's here, mm-hmm. and we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's part of the growing pains of this technological revolution that we happen to be in. Is what are we going to do once this becomes a reality? Because it's mm-hmm. coming. There's nothing we can do really to stop this, this progress. And I, for one, I don't know about you, but I feel pretty, I think it's pretty a pretty cool time to be alive with this thing, this tech, technology that we're creating. I mean, look at VR. I think it's mm-hmm. all funny that it's all powered mm-hmm. pretty much all of its electrical devices.
1: I think you get a good point, because um, that was actually one of the covers of, I believe, the IEEE Spectrum magazine, they yeah. were just giving the scenario, there's, you know, that car accident and what's going to happen in 10, 20 years, we, because we don't really have the policy no, uh, or, or any precedent for, for those cases. So once we saw that, you know, we were talking about layers of, of technical aspects, right? But yeah. then the, the next one, beyond that user-friendly interface, is actually that we are, Comfortable with that policy, right? Yeah. Um, So I, I'm I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. You're not comfortable. You're not ready for uh, self-driving cars and stuff. Well, I, I I like it, but I don't know. You know what? What I will say if you know that's why I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. Well, it
0: also. I think. I think the most compelling and interesting sort of morbid idea is. So you have a. a, We're all programmed essentially. for me, for every one of us, is self-preservation. I, I truly believe, like, you are always gonna wanna live. But now, if you're taking that out of my hands, and I'm not driving, and it's a machine, is a machine going to be programmed to preserve the most life, and possibly the most life? Like, maybe mm-hmm. it has a malfunction, there's a family, and it's going to kill you Mm -hmm. and have the family live, like, most people would be like, yeah, I'm totally fine with it, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not
1: entirely sure Mm -hmm. I would be out or I would die. Am I have to, you know? That's very hard. Um, Is it going to be, you know, you're going to have a hypothesis of an accident, right? Yeah. And try to figure out, is it going to... We not preserve the life of everyone inside. Maximum amount of lives outside. That's that's a. I don't know who who writes that
0: program. I'm that's, that's that's why it's I always simple if you're driving because then you make you don't really even make that decision. Your your instincts, evolution, nature, whatever, pretty much makes that for you. I want to live. I want to exist. We're all very yeah. selfish creatures. I'm glad I'm an engineer and I don't <laughs> think about that right now. <laughs> but you're part you are part of the problem, my friend. You're driving you're driving us forward. You're building and shaping our society yeah. with these inventions and you're stretching the bounds of science. So you you all of your species. No. <laughs> so you don't have enough
1: with me trying to like make it so that it doesn't blow up when you're. No, gonna I, I'm that. digging that. I <laughs> guess I
0: guess the, the moral implications are left to philosophers, and I don't know. I don't know, man. I think that that's probably one of the most fascinating. Issues that we face in the future. Have you looked into virtual reality or any of the VR goggles? There's a
1: not a lot to be honest when this last wave came out It seems like they have tried that before and and I was like well It might be just yet another time that they're trying to make this super cool But but again like it has happened with energy storage and other things It seems like the price are really affordable right now. Yeah, yeah, um so, I haven't tried it yet. Uh, maybe when I do, I'll be, this is the best thing. <laughs> but, no, I haven't tried it yet. Have you? My phone is, so I have the the
0: uh, the Galaxy Edge, so I could get VR goggles, but I just okay. didn't buy them. It was like extra hundred bucks, okay. and it was being cheap. Um, I wish I would have. It would have been cool to play around with VR and sort of mm-hmm. see what it's like. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing. I was just reading that they think that this, This possibly, and this is a little bit out there, but uh, instead of exploring space, we might actually intrinsically explore things because it's Mm -hmm. so easy with computers to to program another world um, that we can exist in, another space. Uh, another dimension, if you will, that might be where the exploration is done. I don't know. Well,
1: I think I think that would be a great idea for for education, right? Yeah. Um, I I work a lot with the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers here mm-hmm. at Oregon State, and we are trying to open up some uh, what we call junior chapters. Okay. So try to connect with um, high schools um, that you know try to offer a path to college that you know basically. Um, remove some of the barriers that you find with underrepresented students yeah, yeah. and families that need to know how things like tuition work, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, that type of program that you could have them you know, in just a, a room that you book at the library like we have right now yeah. and, and say, hey, let's have an activity to explore um, you know, the oceans yeah. and, oh. and just have you know, all the kids. You can, you can do it in multiple languages. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have like their family involved. I think that would be, you know, that's pretty one of the next. That's know, pretty mind blowing.
0: The next space of education, because, right? Well, that whoa, that's a big idea. Because yeah. wouldn't that that could essentially eliminate colleges, college? Can not you could journey to cl- instead of your instead of your classroom being the traditional classroom. Your classroom. If you're taking geology now, you're taking you're taking a journey to the center, to the Earth's core, and looking at everything. If you're an astrophysicist, if you're an if you're taking an astrology class or an astrophysics class, Mm -hmm. you're now in the cosmos. Yeah, through virtual reality.
1: That is, and I'm not saying that we need to substitute a lot of the traditional education. I really like to go to class with my whiteboard markers and and you know, work out problems and that's just because of my discipline. Yeah. Um, and and I think it will be a little while since, you know, hopefully they kick me out of the classroom and, and you know, interact with students, you know, one on one because I think it's really hard to substitute that that interaction and being a role model. But like you were saying, before you even go to college, try to experience that in different disciplines, right? Yeah. That's just a way to know what you really like. You know, and not just going blindly to a program that that you don't even know what you're going to enjoy and then go two years in, you know, and say, I'm not really excited about this.
0: Um, Well, yeah, but I mean, wouldn't it be better to, if you're trying to study a black hole, isn't it better instead of sitting in a classroom and listening to a professor to maybe have his lecture and then actually be able to physically touch that black hole and learn? We would just basically be running a computer simulation from the data that we've collected through telescopes, and then visually pres- representing it in the in the virtual
1: reality space. Well, I think you're just trying to fire professors already. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I think I think it would be for it would be a trade-off, right? You get your professor, and then you know. Uh, he or she would just like go and and have you know kind of the the fundamentals maybe right and say this is this is what we're gonna be looking at this is you know kind of the basics yeah. don't forget to put the math there yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. numbers good, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um. and, but I think yeah and that that's gonna be you know a way of experience a lot of knowledge that we we cannot even envision right now you know like yeah. I would have to I don't even know how to pre- prepare a class right now that will have that technology no so it's gonna take time. Would you have to figure that out, or could you leave that in the hands of the
0: u- users to structure it?
1: I don't know. I mean, I I will feel a little bit, you know, um, afraid of just like going to you know to embark in, into a new course with a lot of things that I have not experienced before, and I know and I'm very comfortable with. Yeah, that's true. Um, so maybe maybe university will have some um, you know set of um, you know colleagues that they will. Test those first and then help you implement those. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work
0: out. But I don't know. it looks really cool. It does look cool. <laughs> I don't it's te- I think technology is, is moving so fast that we're all behind. I don't think that I think that there are some companies that are gonna be able to monopolize this and, and, and whatnot, but as far as implementing this into the educational process, that is mm-hmm. so far yeah. away. Yeah. And I didn't even. I hadn't even thought about that use for virtual reality. Yeah, in, hopefully it becomes a a mainstream use. If I is it a good thing? I mean, <clears throat> you look at the. You, are you aware of like Pokemon Go? And yeah, whatnot? that's the first one. this yeah. is how it starts. It's getting people up off the couch. You are you are in the virtual world playing Pokemon, mm-hmm. which I find hilarious because we all. <laughs> A lot of kids did that when I was growing up
1: with the cards, and now you're able to be on your cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you know this Pokemon. Uh, it it actually um, the the actual technology is is very close to that older game Ingress yeah. that uh, that some people used to play. I'm, I'm a video game nerd too. Oh, so really? Um, I, I I just don't play a lot anymore because I have a real job. <laughs> 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 I don't play Pokemon games, but yeah. But uh, but I I feel like that's a good example of you know we had a technology and it became popular when it really connected with something that. We kind of did when we grew up, you know, some something familiar yeah. that we were able to approach that interface and and, and say, oh, now we're gonna enjoy this, you know, augmented reality and like go out and walk twenty five miles <laughs> to, oh to, to hatch God. an egg <laughs> to, <laughs> catch, to,
0: to send out lures <laughs> to catch Pokemon. I think it's great. I think I think the implications of this game are pretty cool. You have a lot of people losing weight. It gives people maybe people a way to connect to nature and walk and interact with other people so i think it's all been pretty positive
1: there, people are going to die people have already died well it's 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 enough those stories are going to be you know headliners and yeah. there's bad you know just on campus i was heading to the gym and i saw someone with like two phones <laughs> two <laughs> just, phones just going down uh You know, with catching Pokemon, so uh, maybe there was like some outsourcing or something. I don't. don't
0: You find it funny though. I've always found it funny, and I I think I've talked about this before. But you know, new people join. I'll bring up this story. I think it's funny that um, with every progression of anything that we do, it always costs lives, and people are outraged. I don't understand why people think that they can protect. People from everything. For some reason, it just seems to be there's always a, you know, Newton's law, of, there's always an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. But if so if something's really, really cool, it means it seems to mean that people are going to die doing it, or something's really, really great. There's some sort of secret cost or hidden cost mm-hmm. and everything like that with self driving cars. It's going to malfunction. Technology isn't perfect. Things are going to crash. Your phone crashes. My phone not not necessarily, but eventually, as it gets older, it will crash. The system will fail. People will die. It's just the cost of mm-hmm. progression.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very difficult issue um, because you don't know what the numbers will be with some other activity, right? No. Um, the way that I think about it is you know, you have some accident and such such a way, but it's hard to see, you know, like rewriting history. Uh, it, going back to um, kind of a like power system protection, we, we see that when uh, we have very big blackout events, um, it's, it's very hard to measure the, um, the costs, the societal costs on, on human lives unless you just say like, put a number in dollars, right? Yeah. But I, I've seen some works where, you know, you, for example, look at the hospital, and a hospital should have a, a backup generation, you know, they should yeah. be the, the last place where the electricity would go down. So I, I was looking at some works where they were trying to look at the, the, the rates of, of basically fatalities during that time mm-hmm. versus what it would happen on a similar month, on, you know, a similar time of the day, uh, some other year. Okay. Um, and, and that's the only way you need to compare with some other Real world data that, okay. that you have, uh, not just focus on, on one case, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, so, oh, somebody got stranded on an elevator, you know, or, or something. Yeah, it, it, it also happens some other times where there's not that other so, circumstance happening. So, when
0: you say a power protection system, what is it that, for some of our listeners, what does that mean? What, is, what would something like that look like if you could sort of describe that for us?
1: Yeah, so. Um, a lot of the protection systems that we have in, in, in the bulk transmission system, um, they are basically called relays. Okay. And relays are very boring mechanisms. It's nothing like virtual reality yeah, and yeah. Pokemon <laughs> Go or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. a device that sits there for 30 or 40 years looking at, for example, a transmission line. Okay. And when it says that the current, for example, is very, very high. It goes and tells the circuit breaker, hey, you need to open up, because this is a lot of current and then the line is going to suck down and hit a tree and cause a fire and and it's going to go down. So, they're just looking, you know, basically comparing with some threshold and and then they're just going to snap a violent circuit breaker that is going to open, you know, those 100 thousand volts that you're going to have there and and just disconnect that that and line everything and
0: everyone's going offline
1: so that will be a segment right then then the 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 tricky thing is when how those relays that they're sitting everywhere they're going to coordinate and talk to each other to say hey if you alleviate that capacity in that line open that line then we need to like ramp up this generator. There's a lot of actions that happen every day yeah. and and they, you know, kind of like save the day. But then sometimes they don't work well because, you know, we cannot forecast every possible scenario of mm-hmm. how things will break. So, you know, then things propagate and they give you larger blackouts. So,
0: so now because i love to do this we've got to go there if i okay. was a crazy person and okay. i wanted all things to be equal and i had some way concocted an emp which is a electromagnetic pulse device mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was detonated okay that would essentially wipe that would completely cripple and shut down the uh, electrical grid correct that's a huge and the sun also creates uh emps correct yes yeah, that, so that will that could Eventually, and solar flares are very, very common, so yes I am trying to scare you guys. <laughs> I think this is a little bit more pressing than a lot of the things we're supposed to be afraid of.
1: That would shut down the electrical grid, correct? Well that that's a big statement. Um I you know, when you it depends on the size of, of that event, you know. If it was like a, a massive planet fare. a planetary that all, solar yeah, flare, that, that would shut down the grid and and all the Pokemons in the world. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> but uh, we do have some some um, cases. I think it was uh, there was a um, a recorded uh, solar flare um, that was in in the late. 80s and in the Northeast, so and it was one of, one of the events that actually blew up some of the big transformers okay. uh, around New Jersey, I think. Okay. Uh, there's some work coming from uh, Northern Europe, uh, Finland, where they have some experience measuring the effect of solar flares. Okay. So with that experience, uh, I believe a lot of the, um, the configurations that we have for big transformers, they are... Uh, counting on that kind of like current inrush, okay, and, and they're somewhat tolerant to to those. Okay, so I think it would have to be a really really big event for right now for something massive to happen. Um, how long would it take if
0: the grid went down from an EMP, uh, from a natural EMP? Or a
1: speed of light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: how long would it take to rebuild that? A lot.
1: So, um, if we, you look could we at do it.
0: In our lifetime, like if I had seventy years, could we be back to where we are right now, technologically speaking, in like sixty years after that event?
1: It depends how much time we are without power, right? Um, we are six on. months. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I so can it's tell you. It's no, it's a it's a really good question. So um, you know, electricity is gonna be traveling at speed of light. So yeah. you you know, when you have some event like that happening, the the tricky thing about electricity is that you can feel the effect on a crazy threshold change many, many, many miles away, right? Yeah. Um, At the same time, that interaction with all the protection mechanisms, you know, lines opening, Mm -hmm. uh, generators trying to save a a little bit of that capacity, that could just break down. If you look at big uh, blackouts like the one in the Northeast in 2003 and and how those Failures propagate; those are called cascading failures. Okay. Uh, it could be in the order of minutes, right? So in a few hours, a lot of the mechanisms will be shut down. Yeah. Uh, and and then it will take you days to to start recovering. But if you are talking about really a massive event, like you know, like the big earthquake expected uh, in the northwest yeah. here, you know. Everything west of, of I five could be without electricity for three months, right? Three um, months. So that's that's kind of the estimate right now. Yeah. Um, and then the problem with if you don't have electricity, you know, your food gonna starts fuel. to spoil. So it's really it's really hard to forecast that scenario with being so so massive.
0: All right. So say I wanted
1: to go off the grid, and
0: okay. let's just let me just set up this dream scenario. I have okay. property. I have a creek. Flowing through, so now I have a uh, hydroelectrical. Uh, what is that pump? What is that called? Pump or? So be, you could have
1: a, pump. A, a little hydro system, yeah, um, and then you could have a um, just, just a pump system to, to for a reservoir, okay? So, so I'd want a pump reservoir, hydro system. I'd want a
0: pump hydro system for a reservoir because then I could store,
1: right? I could
0: essentially it'd be almost a zero waste if I was getting too much charge, I could just pump water up and then have it drop down when right. my numbers were low. So that nice. would be a great little n- organic battery, if you will, that was always charging because we have the kinetic energy of the stream.
1: Right. That's ideal. And that pump hydro is currently the the largest capacity that we have in, in energy storage. Because okay. if you have that geography, you know, you can just get your water. You just need to have a really nice setup. So are you thinking about that a place that that here west of, <laughs> for was. West of per- <laughs> uh,
0: maybe per- perhaps maybe there is a there is a part of me that is, uh, I wouldn't say a doomsday in prepper, but it's it's an option, right? Yeah. The reason I say that is because I don't really trust anyone. I don't trust the government. I don't trust you. You are responsible for making yourself safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really subscribe to. Terrorist events or anything like yes, those are those are those are anomalies that happen, and it's terrible that it does happen. But I don't really feel like that's gonna ever happen to me. It could, but the chances of that happening are essentially like getting struck by lightning. If it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Now there are certain sorts of cataclysmic events that do happen, and there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. But you, there are still options and choices that you can make to become. Prepared for these things, and if you're not prepared, it's your fault. Right. At the end of the day, it's your fault. So, I have always found it interesting to converse with people such as yourself because it's not a bad idea to have a plan B in this life. So, what's your checklist for that place? <laughs> we can go half and <laughs> <half season. laughs> well, You gotta have a creek because that's the most. That's a. That's a good. Form okay, I'm done for dist- that. Uh, solar panels. Why yeah. not have that? Yeah, it, of course. Uh, and then uh, store energy in a battery. And uh, possibly as a third option, a diesel generator. A generator. Right. Maybe a small wind turbine. Yeah, small um, wind turbine. That's a, have diversity. Uh, so now we're off the grid. We have a garden, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's standard operating procedure. Can make some uh, bourbon. Bourbon. <laughs> oh, <well>, you <laughs> might have to some <laughs> beer. Whatever. Now we're we're gonna do this for a long. Maybe that'll be the the new currency is alcohol. That, I mean, that's an option, right? An but option. We, we need to brew something just in case. Uh, beer, maybe beer. A little wine. This is getting expensive, really expensive. We might have to bring some other people <laughs> in <on> well, <laughs>
1: <this>. <laughs> well, the thing for wine is that we need to plant way in advance, right? Because yeah. we need to gra- get the grapes really in good shape. You're from for, Spain, yeah. so we could probably go to, to Spain and, and, and parts of France. And we we get can some bring good some, seeds. like, Tempranillo. Um, let's, I've seen some of those in Southern Oregon, too. We'll be good to go. Tempranillo and Pinal. Pinal, no. yeah, Pino, That's good. That's
0: <laughs> good. But I, I, think that if okay, all, all let's say we get all of those things. We got um, solar, water, wind, and uh, and the diesel generator, a little generator. <clears throat> We're we won't. We'll be able to store energy from the creek. Um, we'll be able to st- the excess energy that we'd create from solar and wind, which are kind of not as dependable or reliable, we could sell that back to Portland General Electric or whatever the- If they were even connected. If they right were even, it. wouldn't <laughs> they have to be connected in order for it to be legal? Because I know that some people have gotten in trouble for going off grid and not being connected to the grid.
1: Well, be, you, uh, you're talking before Doomsday right now? Okay. Yeah, okay, pre-Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, Doomsday, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah pre, course, We yeah. haven't gotten post-apocalyptic yeah. yet, but we're gonna get there. Yeah, <coughs> so after, after that, um, I was just thinking, just getting rid, you know, after that happened, just No markets or everything, so what we could do is just to have kind of the water pump hydro for like a more long term storage, right? Well, yeah. and then the little smaller battery to kind of smooth out things like you know clouds and kind of the solar or, or yeah. wind variations, so kind of like a shorter scale smooth for, for our you know energy input, so um, and then the hydro for longer term, so it's good. But
0: We'd be good to go, now, but if now the 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 s- morbid question said, how would we protect these our inventions from a solar flare or an EMP? How are we gonna protect that? How are we gonna? Well, we, we already have an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, but I'm we gotta prep for the worst because isn't there isn't there things if you covered why is my brain saying lead? Some form of lead over your transformer or whatever, like would that protect it? Something, there's some sort of metal. Or well, the, the problem
1: of... will be that it will get so hot, right? That, that I mean, you can protect your transformer a lot, yeah, uh, but, but then it's gonna be really hard to cool that transformer off. And then, you know, if the transformer is cycling, uh, you know, very high temperature, very low temperature, right? Overnight, mm-hmm. it's it's nice that it cools off overnight when you're new using it. But if you don't have good cooling, then it's not sure in the the life of the transformer, right? It went go from like 35 years down to like 15 years.
0: Okay, so if you covered, I don't know if it's man. This is why we need the third person. I always say this. We need a third person <laughs> to Google this. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, Google this yourself. I think it's lead. I could be talking out of my ass right now, which I might be doing. (laughs) Cover your transformer in lead. And I don't know if that's it though. Mm. It's gonna drive me nuts. Um, But anyways. So we might be screwed. We might might have spent all this money building a hydro storage, solar
1: panels. At least Maybe we can survive now. from the earthquake to the solar flare. Statistically, it would be really harsh if they happen like at the same time, right? Yeah. So um, you know, we just make one step at a time and just take just, it one day at a yeah, time until we get. See th- what happens. We have people over, and <laughs> no way, man! <laughs> <laughs> Might get donner party real quick, real, real
0: quick there, really, really, really quick. So tell us, we kind of just really got into it uh, without the viewers and uh, listeners. Now tell us a little bit about yourself, man, like where where you grew up and...
1: Yeah, um, so it's, you know, just, uh, it's not a super long story, but it kind of expands geographically a lot. So I, I grew up in southern Spain, very small town close, close to the sea, uh, kind of like a fisherman farmer kind of town. Um, my parents have avocado trees, uh, grapes, and you know, I, I really liked um, the whole engineering, electrical, computer science. You know, I, I, I remember reading a lot of books. Um, one of my favorite books when I was little was A Thousand and One Things That Everyone Should Know About Science. Mm-hmm. So I remember always keeping all the biology portions. <laughs> yeah. And going to the, kind of the physics and the math portion. Uh, I always found like more intriguing. Yeah. And um yeah, I did I started my undergrad in Malaga, uh in this province school and then um I did a little bit of school also in Romania. Uh, and then I ended up, you know, just like transferring to Vermont because I really liked the program mm-hmm. and and the place uh was, you know, fifty thousand people. Yeah. Not a very large city. Um never never lived in a place larger than that. Corvallis, is fifty four thousand or something right like that, yeah. yeah. So um so yeah, after I finished uh school in Vermont my PhD, I, I was really lucky that, you know, this position here was a good fit and it felt like the right size too. So um you know, I'm enjoying the West A uh, West Coast life. The West Coast. It's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm, well, I'm glad, man. It's 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 awesome that we this this America <coughs> the US rather Seems to get the best and brightest minds from all over the world. It's interesting that everyone kind of flocks here, or at least
1: the crazy riskier ones. The risky, <laughs> but isn't that isn't that
0: what you want? I think so. That's. I really feel like that's this melting pot of a country has just always been able to steal intellectual capital from all over the world, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're sort of at the top. People say we're in decline, but I mean, as far as Technological advances and stuff. It seems to be that we're leading the way. Although this solar flight was done by, uh, I think, a Swiss, 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 pilot. But still, cool. Still yeah, cool.
1: it's it's just <coughs> global, right? I think, um, you know, we just end up like being here We like the place and and with like the people that we're around. So we we tend to stick together. Uh, yeah. you know, all the nerds. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all the nerds or are of w- are wannabe nerds. You say you were saying uh, we we were hanging out a little bit before this. Your your grandpa, he mm. was a
1: science. It, yeah, he was really into nuclear uh, stuff. So he used to travel in several places in Spain uh, when kind of the first nuclear power plants were coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also really loved hunting. Uh, so that's one of the things. He actually died 18 days before I was born. Mm. So um, so I guess kind of my combination of engineering and. And you know the the life of going hunting and, and driving my truck around. It's kind of like a, you know, a way to honor his memory. Oh yeah. Some sort. Um, yeah, he
0: lives on through in you, man. Yeah. I've always found that uh, fascinating that even though our our loved ones pass on, there there's definitely something inherently left encoded in us, if you will, of them that is uniquely them, and these traits manifest themselves
1: in your life. I think so, and and also because you know every time that I would go back and see my family, you know they would all tell me, you know how I look like him and and the things that he would like. So you kind of also inherit that knowledge through all their family members, right? Uh, and just like make it your own. So uh, it's yeah, I, I I like to honor that. Um, I'm I'm also doing the um, hood to coast. Relay race with uh for Providence Cancer, yeah. So that's kind of like the other way that I try to honor his memory, too. We did it last year, it was a blast, yeah. Uh, going from Mount Hood, it's like it's a relay running, so you might get a leg where you are like 3 a.m., six, seven miles. Okay, go for it. <laughs> it's made of a storm, that was pretty scary. Oh, <laughs> I it's fun. Man kudos to you because I
0: am anti-running. I don't know what it is. I'm kind of a big guy, and running is the enemy. I'm fine with sprints, but long-term cardio, or cardejo, as I like to say.
1: <laughs> it's well, pretty much the worst. Well, we need to figure out a plan then, because if we're gonna be training for our rodeo next year, <laughs> uh, remember that we're talking about events, we're gonna, event. we're gonna, we're gonna have to find some way of training for that, so I'm um, down. We we'll have to choose the event. Some, you know, like viral race, whatever you want to do. Uh, we're gonna have to be wild cow milking. <laughs> Let's ride a bull.
0: Okay. I've I have stated this before. I want to ride a bull okay. before I die. I, I I I mean, who does that? For it's awesome. <laughs> there are people out there that strap themselves to a fifteen hundred pound animal. That wants to kill them. I mean, the adrenaline rush? Are
1: you kidding me? I think you just need to (coughs) go through it. Some some stuff you just need to experience, right? That same thing happened to me, very low lower level. Snowboarding, right? It's it's not that crazy. But I remember um, when I was in Vermont, everyone would ski or snowboard at this in school. Um, And I remember at the beginning, I said, well, you need to do a long drive. It's cold. Um, The first days that you were snowboarding, it hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that one point where I was just, it was nighttime snowboarding, um, you know, after class. It so the best. Um, very, It was not a crazy slope, it was just like a long um,
0: Like, a green, like yeah. a green or yellow slope? Yeah, yeah, very,
1: very long one. For some people, it would not be very excited, but it was such a long run that you would, you know, just enjoy. I remember clicking in my mind, okay, I, I think I'm past the threshold where I understand why people would go with all this pain to get this moment of really enjoying, you know, just the sound of the board on the snow. Um, I get, yes. That.
0: I can totally relate yeah. to that because the first time I went, uh, I went skiing actually uh, she was in Himpsedale, Norway. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I, I was, <laughs> first off, it was the first time I hated it. I was like, this is stupid. Well, I don't wanna do this. I'm gonna get hurt. But eventually as I got a little bit more comfortable the same thing. Just it was at night, the snow's falling, it's just really picturesque. You're up all the fjords right. that you're surrounded by. And I was just that same thing. Like, I get it. I can relate to this style of humanity, this this idea of riding down on riding down a mountain on mm-hmm. yeah. two
1: pieces of wood yeah. <laughs> or fiberglass, you know. Yes. Like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> It's that point, right? Maybe we need to get to that threshold with the bull riding, too. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, mean, the, uh, <laughs> I think
0: that the fact that you could die might have something to do with why people do it. Um, but I, or it's the same with like, a, these, I'm fascinated but like UFC. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine listening to a song, walking down a path with thousands of screaming fans? getting into a cage and hearing that click, that locking mm-hmm. sound, and looking at your opponent and knowing that you two have both agreed to play a very dangerous game where the the rules are, I'm going to try and take your head off, and he's going to do the same to me. And the better man will win my best, might not be good enough, and if it's not, everyone will know that it wasn't. I could get KO'd.
1: Yeah, it's brutal.
0: That is insane. That's the it's ultimate brutal. test. In my opinion, it's the ultimate sport. There's nothing like it. It is brutal, but it's it's something that's very human
1: in a sense. Yeah, you know, it must be something like that where they just got to the point that, you know, that threshold, right? Yeah. Like, I, I get it. I I really want to do this because it gives me so much.
0: Yeah, would you do it?
1: I don't think so. I'm sick <laughs> with, with the bull riding. Used to with the bull, but
0: you found you found uh, you found a way to. I, I don't know. I, I'm I get a little bit obsessed with like flow states. So I would imagine that you, engineering or people in science, must at some point at some level, especially if you've made it to a PhD, found some some type of flow state, maybe in in in, in creating an algorithm or, or studying you know, like electrical currents. I'm not sure. So, and a flow state is essentially where you are concentrating on one thing one key element one key task have you ever right. had that happen in your yeah study?
1: So, yeah so if, if I'm doing work I can really get into a task like working on an algorithm or you know programming some idea of some design I can be doing that for hours and just absorbed by that but that's uh you know just kind of try to compensate that mental effort. Uh, what I did since I was in college and I was in the in the crew team uh, maybe because of that you know nerd aspect of really liking numbers I go into rowing and I still do it and that's kind of my flow of saying I'm gonna disconnect from work okay I, I get on on the air game machine that's where you get your your you know conditioning before yeah. you even get underwater the water for winter training yeah and winter training is just going on the rowing machine and looking at that number and if you try to slack you know from your effort for a microsecond the number is going to go down Uh, so you have that real-time feedback of a number you're doing a lot of average in your head because if you want to reduce your effort for a little bit you know that you're going to have to pay it off later if you want to do a good time well, that's a very interesting
0: parallel in your life. It is in a, that is a miniature power system. That's why mm-hmm. I believe that you love rowing so much, is because you're trying to, essentially, you're chasing perfection, you're, ch- you're chasing uh, 100% efficiency from your body mm-hmm. and this machine, and your calc- you have a machine that's calculated. That is an interesting parallel, in my friend. Yeah,
1: mind. and also in the water, you're always <coughs> trying to chase that perfect stroke, that perfect like blade going into the mm-hmm. water. Uh, and it's really hard. And and when you're in the boat you just like feel that swing and feel that blade going into the water. But I really I really like the indoor air because I see the numbers. Yeah. Uh, and and it's you know, you see that you have a goal, you want to reduce that time by, you know, half a second and you know all the way through what's your projected time. And and if you wanna just take a rest in some of the strokes, then you're gonna have to go back with like a power ten. Yeah. to bring those numbers down again. So,
0: can't you you can generate electricity from that machine yeah. and charge a battery To yeah. keep a
1: TV running? Yeah, my my last workout um, the average wattage was 140 watts yeah. for like 50 minutes. So, what's that, like a TV? I yeah. could I could have power my TV for fifty minutes um with that power. But not a lot, but enough to keep me rowing. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Watch the Olympics, Yeah, right? that's
0: insane. <laughs> I haven't even W- watch the Olympics for some reason. I, I don't know why I should. I don't have a TV right now, but
1: <clears throat> there is some some streaming that you can. I don't have I don't have a cable or anything. There is some Neither. streaming. I was just following the rowing a little bit because I it, it's just mesmerizing to see that swing on the boat. Um, that's kind of the the one event that I like to follow. Um,
0: I was reading that uh, the Olympic uh, ceremony, the opening ceremony, was. It was put on by uh, NBC, but I guess there was a lot of advertisements, and they kept cutting it short, and it really upset a lot of people. So now I feel privileged to have not watched it. I don't know. (laughs) I can't watch standard TV. I just can't deal with the ads. Yeah. I'm not not about the corporatization of everything, which... I mean, it appears that we're always trying to sell something, and people are always trying to buy things to make themselves
1: happier, and it just never really seems to work. So you wouldn't like a four-hour, you know, event where two hours were commercials? No, I can't do that. (laughs) That's
0: a big problem with football, too. I don't really watch that much football anymore. I I do love it, but Mm -hmm. it's just there's a lot of commercials with stuff that I really don't want to buy or even know about.
1: Yeah, and... And that's that's kind of the model on a lot of media consumption that we have, right? On on, on websites, you know, you have your information, and then um, so yeah, I mean, um, it happens in all media, but in TV it seems like a little bit annoying because you have no other interactive choice. No, to, you yeah. don't. You
0: can't skip. I mean, yeah. you can uh, with the advent of like DVR and whatnot. You can skip your commercials and yeah. or fast forward them, but does to make it any it's kind of a pain in the neck. I, yeah. I, I kind of feel like um, TV as we know it <clears throat> is sort of on its way. Did you know that the state of Washington is suing Comcast for $100 million? I had no idea. For, for um, b- bad consumerism or bad, hmm. I don't even know, something to do with the consumer. They, they're fraudulent in their advertising and... Hmm they seem to be luring a lot of people with uh bad deals like insurance that they don't need or uh insurance that they would technically need but uh i guess if the wiring is in the walls, it doesn't cover the technician that comes out and the wiring's generally in the, always in the right, wall, so it's right. basically you're buying, you're paying a fee for nothing. Which, shock, shock, I'm sure if we've all had Comcast, we know this, because they're the devil, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's a, always a fine print on, on services that, that you don't need, right, and they can bundle with, you know, yeah airline tickets and, you know, fuels or charge for airline tickets and things like that, that they are hard to see, to pinpoint where is the original uh-huh. service that they were trying to give you, right? Oh,
0: oh 100%. I think it's just interesting.
1: Um, <clears throat> I hate
0: Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just that. go ahead and throw that out there right now. I don't have them, but I had have, have had them in the past and I've always hated them, so Comcast, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, how I feel about That's it. your F-bomb. That's the day. F-bomb of the day, right there. Trying to trying to get better at, <laughs> <laughs> at swearing, <laughs> but hey, why well, not? I don't even know. That's a, that's a weird. You're a professor, like don't don't you ever just wish you could just let loose and be yourself? Or I mean, I guess there's always a level of professionalism, but I I, I don't know, man. Like, be real, be passionate. If you want to swear like a sailor, that's who you are. I, I, I should accept that.
1: I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, when you're in class, you need to be professional, right? And and your language needs to be professional. You know, inclusive. You cannot offend anyone. But at the same time, you need to also be a role model. And you cannot be a role model if you're not yourself. Right. If you don't talk like you, you need to talk. Uh, so, in my case, the the, the research and and. The, the teaching that I do, it, it's really not that controversial, right? Yeah. This electricity is there, electrons move around, uh-huh. they do good things, they power our Pokemon yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and other things. And um, so, so I, I don't get into situations where, where I feel conflicted that often. I, I do know that there are some other colleagues that do. Uh, so, so uh, you know, if if I'm if I'm off my my classroom, then you know, I, of course, I will drop an F bomb here and there. Um, but you know, I th- I think I think you're right. You need to be truthful to yourself if you want to be a good role model.
0: Yeah, yeah. How did you now? How did you? How did you get where you are today? Which I think is a very impressive. I have feat. no idea. You're getting going <laughs> on that tenure if you could recommend if there are any what would be a good book that you would recommend or what is the best book that you could think of to recommend to, to anyone like if you were like this is something you must read what mm-hmm. would that book
1: be uh can i give you two yes like you an can. old one and a more recent one yes you um, can. i i would really liked um the club dumas that's a that's a spanish author Arturo Perez Reverte, uh-huh. um, Club Dumas. Club Dumas. Um, I really like reading that book when I was little. I I kind of like horror movies and horror mm. stories, psychological thrillers and things like that. And it always like made me think a lot. And and I remember that book um, well because it, they were talking about uh, some you know something was happening, crazy stuff happening, and there was they were looking at some art to try to figure out. Whether um, you know they were on the right track or not. and and I remember that the book has some like copies of that art they were, they were looking at it and just like I was I, I remember going through that process of like being able to um, put yourself in somebody else's shoes um, and and how they will react to things. So I think that book was was kind of important for me because of that. Um, and then more recent, I really really enjoyed uh, Ancillary Justice as an it's an AI uh, story about you know kind of like a space civilization where um, they have spaceships with very advanced artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and and then when they uh, historically did uh, annexations of like other cultures, you know they were in war, they uh, ended up. Freezing, uh, you know, some of the cores of, of like soldiers that they had, and they were being annexed to to the spaceship to become like segments of that artificial intelligence. Oh, whoa. So you you experience that story throughout the artificial intelligence story, like first person story, but also through all of those core soldiers. Whoa. That that they can be in multiple places at the same time, and. Uh, it, it was fascinating, just to, just so refreshing, just I like a change, might have yeah. to
0: read that because you're building a machine, essentially, mm-hmm. out of human intelligence. You're taking all of their experiences and memories and you're uploading it into this machine, so wide has a wide swath of data from different yeah. Different, yeah, different I will tell you more because,
1: because you need to read it, <coughs> but I it's, think it's amazing. That sounds like a good book my friend. Yeah, I loved it. And I'm I'm reading the second one right now. It's three of them.
0: Yeah. you ever so. read The Old Man's War?
1: No, I haven't. It's a
0: similar concept. I okay. would highly recommend. There's three of those as well. Okay. I'll really check good it out. books. I like science fiction. Yeah. I, I think it's funny because uh, most of our technological advancements can be attributed to science fiction. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's just dreaming using your imagination, everything that we that we see in today's world has manifested itself it's through catalyst. Yeah. through our imagination are thoughts actual things or are they alive? That's mm-hmm. an interesting mm-hmm. deep rabbit hole that uh, we can think of philosophize about for a second. Are your thoughts actual living things yeah. if you think about it i mean or, or what whether what, what other external factors uh, force us to make decisions. Could it be gut bacteria? I mean, think about all the microbes that live on us. Is that influencing us in some way to make decisions and new discoveries?
1: Yeah, all the chemicals, right? Like chemical imbalance uh, and the way that that you can see how some of the um, you know, kind of like disease might be um, diagnosed, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, So, so, I don't know. Uh, that's homework for us. It is, either, one, right? <laughs> is, is the,
0: I think that, I think that's my favorite thing about science. It's like the hardcore, like kind of boring. I don't, the yeah. the tenets and principles for some reason I have no, no, <laughs> no interest in. But when we start questioning norms and the nature of reality with science, that is when I am intrigued. And that is, I think that I think that I like it so much is these questions and statements that I make. You can't really say no. Mm-hmm. no one can really say it no, because we don't have enough data and we don't understand so I could be right, I could yeah. absolutely be right, I could be incorrect I could be partially, right. we don't know there, there, there's, science gets to a certain level where we don't really know anymore and then it's really up to debate and it's up to your imagination and you can be, you could do your PhD on a your whole life's work could be proving your imagination was correct and yeah. I find that incredibly beautiful
1: so we could leave it as a homework assignment for everyone, or for that third person doing the Google search. <laughs> yeah, figure out if we're influenced. If if I did, <laughs> figure this out. I need a third okay, person. Thank you. I gotta get someone in here.
0: Um, really quickly, I want to talk about um, Tesla. Mhm. And the, what what do you know about their new, their battery and how efficient is it? And I mean, they're really it seems to be on the cutting edge of of the emergence of alternative of electricity as an alternative fuel source
1: yeah i think i think they they are doing something similar to what we were talking about earlier about going to that next stage of of being able to interconnect their battery systems that they are kind of sized for like a house level you know or like Mm -hmm. several houses Uh, all the way up to the utility level, kind of like their mega battery thing. Uh, So I think they are trying to reach and push through that level of, you know, what's the level of aggregation that we're actually going to interact, kind of one-to-one with the utilities, right, and and the bulk power systems. And that's a level of interaction that's much harder than the one that you have between your car And your house, right? So I think that's that's gonna be the next step, and that's I think that's where they're going. Do you think that we'll be able to eventually take the kinetic
0: energy of a tire, you know, driving, and use that to get some sort of electrical charge to keep charging the battery? Well, that's 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 what they are doing right now. Yeah. So
1: so you get from (coughs) also from braking, right? Um, Yeah. That's that's your but there's a limit because you know you cannot get. That free lunch. Yeah, no, there's no so, such thing as a free lunch. So, so, ah, uh, at the at the car level, you can keep doing that. Um, you can try to apply some of those ideas to that interconnection car house, and I'm sure that they're gonna try to apply those ideas. From you know, kind of the house utility interconnection, and that's where they are also very interested in solar, right? Yeah, to make things smooth.
0: Oh yeah, you get that. You get it. You get. You're getting charged on all fronts, and right. maybe that would be enough right. to propel you to never have to right. plug in. Yeah. So I think essentially
1: there's it's it's kind of like covering those those layers, right? Uh, like we were talking earlier, I think. Yeah. So in the car, it, it's it's one way, you know, kinetic energy, and then at the house level. Well, the house is not gonna be moving. So what can we do? With solar, right? Yeah. That sounds like a good. Sounds like a good idea. This is gonna be. F- I'm excited. So for the checklist for our our uh, log cabin. Yeah. Um, then we need to bring a Tesla too. We've got to bring it to But then they come out <laughs> with the Tesla
0: truck. <laughs> Tesla truck. The I'm Tesla down.
1: truck that's coming out. That's gonna be so hot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be lit, lit, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I hate lit. It's a good. I mean, I don't even know when that caught on. I guess I'm not woke. You know, that's a new one too. You're in the you lit, woke, bro. Yes. I'm, I'm a lit woke, bro. Whatever, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> keep the track hot. Yeah. Keep like. it hot. Yeah. I, I am anxious to see. And then the, the text tells the, the factory they're building in Nevada. I think it's in Carson City. It's <sighs> the gigafactory. I think it's going to be the largest factory on earth at some point. And I yeah. think it's supposed to be done in 2017 or 2020. See? Google it, people, because I don't know. Yeah. More homework. And more <laughs> homework for the <laughs> listeners. And more homework for the listeners. No, man. I really have in. I really have enjoyed this conversation. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, Same here. We hope and, we do it soon?
1: Huh? How we do it soon again?
0: Oh man, yeah, we have... this is this is Inquisitive Minds, man. Yeah. We always keep searching for weird answers. <laughs> and, and Oh, but you know, what? this is something I've been meaning to get back to. It's a stupid segment. Okay. You gotta ask though. Okay. Do you believe in Bigfoot? I'm supposed to ask Oh, I had a mission statement. One of the questions was ask everyone if they believe it. I have to. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Um.
1: Yes, this should. You're lying. He's <laughs> lying, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the look in his. No, it's okay. You cannot be There's, an no answer, no. No. There's no. There's no. you can. I hope. I hope. I. I hope I, too. I hope too. I, I. want to believe. Me too. And and I think, hopefully. If we get that log cabin running, that would be the first fuck to invite for bourbon and wine tasting. Is his Bigfoot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it the would be the, fast, the It would be the fastest
0: one to get there. He would be. <laughs> you know, maybe that's been the problem is everyone's out hunting him and maybe we should just try and invite him over. Like, hey Bigfoot.
1: So I don't know the details, but I think you know, some form of Bigfoot hopefully is is around and, and comes with it. <laughs> I wanna believe.
0: I wanna believe in all I think the 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 way I justify my belief it's way, way more fun to believe than it yeah. is not to. Yeah. I it's hope just so. like aliens. There's no proof of intelligent life on yeah. other planets but <laughs> F being alone, like <laughs> why would you want to believe that? That doesn't even sound fun. And then the mathematically it's almost impossible for, well, then there's the, the other theory. Oh man, I cannot think of this. The, essentially the theory states that if there are so many um, factors and suns that, that would allow for intelligent life to exist in the universe,
1: where are they? Yeah, that's a paradox, yeah. Um, where are they? Hanging out. (laughs) Hanging out. (laughs) And there's a zoo theory that says that
0: they're just observing. I like that one, too, but we won't get off. So don't believe in Bigfoot. You don't believe in aliens. Uh, I'm just putting words in your mouth (laughs) on the alien one. I want to. I said that before. I know. I want to, too. It's more fun to believe, right? (laughs) Way more fun. Folks, it's way more fun to believe, so let's all just do it. Um, (laughs) And anyways, guys, I just real quick, I want to say thank you. Thank you for for, having me here. Thank you for being on the show. And I love you guys. And also thank you for listening. A big thank you to Infinity Break, um, Infinity Break family. And I hope that you guys all have a great Sunday and a great Monday, a great week. And I'll see you guys in two weeks. And, yeah, peace out. Stay fly, everyone. Adios. Adios. Hey, Infinity Break fans, do you want to show your support and devotion for an extremely obscure group of entertainers? Well, now you can. Just go to our website at infinitybreak.net and click on the Shop tab to be whisked away to our Redbubble, where you can find all sorts of awesome shirts, stickers, notebooks, and other gadgets decked out with icons from all of our most popular shows. Act now, because that stuff will be there forever.